Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch with J.D. Rogers. Hey, everyone. And Laura Eldridge. Hey, y'all. And uh, man, how's everyone doing? I just want to say, I never really know what to do in that space. Yeah. You know, it feels like... The hello? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what's up? Or uh, do I like, <laughs> howdy do? Or like, what's, what is it this time? Yo, I, yo, yo. I think about it sometimes. Oh, man. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. It comes, so fa- it comes so fast. You're like, uh, hey, everyone. Uh, yo, yo, man, yo. <laughs> I, I would go howdy do every time. Howdy do. Make it your signature. <laughs> that might be my thing. People oh, every week are anticipating it. They're like, what they say it with me. How do you do? Hey, oh, do you know what you're experiencing right in that moment? What? Exactly what we're talking about. Oh, today. what a segue. Yeah. Because yes. I am just a pit of insecurities. And luckily, that is what we are talking about we're today. We're going to get you out of that pit, bro. Please pull <laughs> yes. me out. Call me Joseph. We are going to get you out of that pit. Please. Security. Yes. And so I think every single person can identify with this topic of insecurities. Mm-hmm. We all are just 10-year-old little girls just screaming inside of us, begging to get out, and it forms and manifests itself mm. through insecurities. Totally. And you're like, why do I feel like I'm still in middle school? I'm yeah. 23. And I've I, that's what I've come to realize as I'm getting older. I know I'm still 26, but like there insecurities never go away. Nope. They're a driving force. It just you just become insecure about different things. It's totally. What you were one, you were once insecure about people's clothes or looks or whatever, now you're just insecure about their house and their car and how their kids act. And, totally. You know, it just it it always is just ever changing. It's always there. And so first, David, why don't you just identify insecurities, where they come from, all those kind of things. Yeah. To your point though, people think insecurity goes away. It, it, it never does. Like, uh, I've been working with young adults for man, 11, 12, uh, over a decade. And, um, and I worked with students like young middle school, high school kids before that. Dude, it, it never goes away. Your braces go away. Your insecurity doesn't. Oh. And uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like it, unless it's, you get the second round, you know, some people have uh-huh. yeah, been braces. there. And uh, but it it manifests differently. It just looks differently. And even it can like it it can pop itself out in a way that that almost seems like the opposite of insecurity. A lot of times, arrogance and cockiness is insecurity. But mm-hmm. so insecurity, uh, to give a definition to frame it up, is uncertainty or anxiety, according to the dictionary. Uncertainty or anxiety about oneself. And then it says a lack of confidence. So people can be insecure about their, you know, their teeth, to use that example, the way that they look, how much money they make, how um, their, their relationship status, what else? What's one, let's all just, what's one thing that you're insecure of about yourself? Let's all just say one thing. Yeah, go. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm insecure about my eyes. They're really puffy. And a yes. lot of people think I'm stoned all the time. Yes. And I don't know how to fix it. You're not? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Man, I need to, I, I should have told you that. Okay. I've been what are y'all's? Okay. I always, <laughs> I've I always none. had n- <laughs> David. none. 
I always had big cheeks. Mm. And in like middle school, people would grab my cheeks. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, like, wait, I'm way too old you're for like, that. Jesus. Oh, wow. And so I used to think about, hey, I kind of want to get lip injections. Maybe that'll help. So like shift proportion? The, yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, yes. Don't do it. Um, yeah, cheeks, yeah, yeah. The cheeks I'm, I'm are great just the way they are. That. My husband likes me. <laughs> yes. Hey, you're married. You walk in that confidence. Um, I have always been. In, so the phrase, there's tall, dark, and handsome. Mm. There's not, hey, tall, um, uh, white. Extra Caucasian and red hair. Mm. Oh, yeah. So it's hurtful, people. And yeah. it's actually strawberry blonde, but still. And uh, red. Uh, yeah, yeah. And and um, to your point, though, I think all of us have insecurities. I mean, we could probably, if we're honest, just sit here and rattle off a list of. Oh yeah. I'm insecure about <laughs> for sure. X, yeah, y, way more than Z. physical because we all mentioned just physical. But like, mm-hmm. am I too much? Am I not enough? Did I say the right thing? Yeah. What people think about me, my boss, my job, where I live, who I live with, the timeline of my life. Like, I think that's it. Mm-hmm. I get insecure when I'm around people who are like, oh, we were roommates and now you have a baby and mm. I'm just, I'm just, life is passing me by. Totally. Yeah. You know, and it surfaces that insecurity. You have, you have to talk about it though, because if insecurities, if they, if they rule your life, they will hold you back. Yeah. Like totally. most of the people, most people who have dreams and ambitions that are, that have settled for yeah. the most boring like version of life is because they're afraid yeah. and they're insecure of what others might think or a failure mm-hmm. of the way that they are, their gifts. And so I, I'm glad we're talking about it. Yeah. yeah. It robs you of being comfortable in your own skin. Right. Which what a, what a thing to rob you of. Chuck Swindoll, who's like a, just a, a, the OG of pastors, and um, he's like 90 years old. I think he's 85, but he's still preaching. Wow. And checks him all. It's just a legend. But Goals. He's, he's a, yeah, for real. And uh, he is a, famous for a, a line that I think is so relevant to this topic of know who you are, be who you are, and like who you are. Because hmm. that's all that you are. Know who you uh-huh. are. Know exactly this is how God made me. Be who you are. Don't try to be somebody else. And like who you are. What other option do you have? That's all that you are. Mm-hmm. If God's going to use you, whatever story he's going to write through your life, it'll involve you being you, not trying to be somebody else. And um, and the willingness to accept that, be okay with that. And it, that's not saying like, hey, uh, you know, none of us should change. We all have sinful areas of our life. There's areas where we all need to change, but embracing this is how God made me, how he wired me, the skin color he gave me. This is the height that he made me. This is the um, gifts that he gave me. He made me artistic or he made me analytical and I can crunch numbers. I can either be like, I hate who I am or I can embrace who I am. This is who God, who makes no mistakes, made me to be. And if you don't, it will rob you of being comfortable in your own skin. Insecurity keeps us from doing things because we're afraid to fail. Yep. Like I, I'm afraid to ask somebody out because I'm insecure. What if I fail? I'm afraid to uh, go uh, uh, wakeboarding. You talked about it at the porch a couple weeks ago uh, because I'm afraid I would fail. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm afraid of, you Writing know. Writing a book. I'm afraid what to write no a book. What if no one reads it? Because uh, Yeah. What if no one reads it? I mean, think about that. Think of like, oh, I, I could do this, but I'm afraid to not. And so it keeps me from doing that. And I'm living underneath the control and the power of fear rather than underneath, I mean, think of many things you're gonna miss out on life. You're not gonna start a business that maybe God is calling you to start some business, but you're afraid it will fail. You're not gonna start a dating relationship because you're afraid it will fail. You're not gonna start so many different things if you let insecurity or we let insecurity rule and run our life. Yeah, that's so good. I, I, I wanna know, is there a like actual remedy to insecurity? Cause it, you, we started off by saying that insecurity is gonna like pretty yeah. much be with us for the rest of our life. Yeah. So do I just accept that? Do I 
is there a way to fight it? it can it ever be, does the voice just get quieter? Yeah. Like, what is that? What does it look like to like finding it? That's solution? a good way to put it, honestly, JD. If the voice I think gets quieter the more um, the more that we listen to what God says about us. I'll use a quick story from the Book of Judges. You guys know the story of Gideon? Oh yeah, my first horse was named Gideon. What <laughs> he was small had, and mighty. So you you had multiple horses. I can did. We pause on that. I did. Your first horse. Yeah, my very first horse. You still have a horse? I I mean I don't. I live. How did you get here today? <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. He's, did you ride a, Gideon? He was a bay quarter horse. Um, hey, I had him. a quarter horse too. They're the best. I, I won $70 in the state fair for showing my quarter horse. Man. His name was Dimes. I grew up in the city. You people are. Were you like in 4-H or something? Oh, it wasn't the state fair. It was the county fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, wow. Never mind. The county fair. <laughs> yeah. All right, so hey, Gideon mm-hmm. is not just a horse that JD grew up with. It's also the name of Good somebody horse. in the book of Judges who God shows up to. The nation of Israel and the book of Judges is all underneath um, basically the story the nation of Israel, they'd sin against God. God would be like, hey, uh, if, if you're going to sin and worship foreign gods, I'm going to let you have foreign rulers. So they'd sin, they'd rebel, they'd run from God. God would be like, all right, I'm going to let you you know, have essentially what you're running towards, which is foreign rulers. They'd be conquered by foreign people. God would raise up a judge, which is why they call it judges. He would deliver or bring the people back to God and set them free. One of those was Gideon. God shows up to Gideon. And you would think, oh, I bet every time he picked somebody, he picked like the strongest dude ever, like Samson, who's another one of the judges. Nope. Gideon was afraid for his life. They were underneath uh, the, uh, they were being ruled by the Midianites at that Mm -hmm. time. Midianites have conquered them. And Gideon goes to, he's basically appeared to by God. And he's in, uh, it's not a wine press. What was he that he's in? I think it's in like a grain pressing. But basically he is um, hiding from God. No, he's in a wine press. Judges chapter six, verse uh, 11, that he was, in an, uh, he was in a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites, that he had gotten some extra food. He didn't want to, you know, he wasn't courageously like, hey, I'm going to eat this. I'm going to do whatever I want. He was cowardly. And God shows up and says to him, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Before he had ever done anything heroic, before he had ever shown himself to be courageous, he was afraid. We know he's afraid because he responds with, God, how can I do anything significant? Basically, God is like, hey, I'm going to have you be the deliverer and the judge that sets people free. And he says, how can I do anything? How can I rescue Israel? Judges chapter 6 or 15. My clan's the weakest in the whole tribe. And I'm the least in my entire family. Like I am the um, the shrimp among shrimps, if you will. <laughs> I can't do anything great. And God says, I'm gonna de- I am going to let you destroy and raise up and deliver my people. I see you as a mighty hero and warrior. So I think uh, the reason I tell that story is before he had ever done anything, God shows up and he gives him an identity that, had, uh, that was very different from the way he saw himself. He saw himself as insignificant, as a coward, as someone not courageous and heroic. And God shows up and sees him in a very different way. Mm-hmm. One of the ways we fight insecurity is with a saturation in our head of like, this is who I am. This is my God-given identity. And the reason that that's important, so for us, it may not be mighty warrior. He would say, you're forgiven, you're chosen, you were fashioned intentionally. All of these things would be God-given identities. They're part of our identity. Think about the power of labels in your life. Hmm. Like a label. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Fat, mm-hmm. husky, athletic, cool, nerdy, mm-hmm. dumb, uh, loser, awkward. Um, it, it, there's thousands of people because they're, they're you know, we're, we're raised in life and along the journey 
we're around other really insecure, mean, hurtful people, and they they say these say labels. Something. Yeah. And I bet all of us could probably even remember some labels from our childhood or things that people said, and they stick, and they can stick to you. Mm-hmm. And if you let those labels stick to you, they're going to define, and they're going to shape, and they're going to impact you. But all of those labels are lies. When you think about what God has actually labeled you, all the characteristics that He says, "Man, I'm chosen. I'm I'm His. I am a son of God." I am a part of the royal priesthood. I am royalty. The DNA of God Almighty runs through my spiritual veins, if you will. And as I can embrace, like God made me on purpose, he fashioned me. The more I embrace my God-given identity, it allows me to help fight insecurity. The reason I say those labels are all lies is who can give something a label? Like who gets to label my dog's name? Oh, the owner. The owner. The maker. Who gets to label the name of uh, you know your company? The person who made the company. Great. Who gets to label, you know, a new invention? What they call it. The inventor. (laughs) Yeah. The creator of it, the inventor, the uh, maker of it. Yeah, that's good. The owner of it. All of those. So at least the owner, the maker of it, you know, which is the same as the inventor or the purchaser. Like if I purchase that dog, I have a friend who who bought a Mm -hmm. dog whose name um, was, uh, it was like Sal, it was a bulldog. He got it 11. He got it from somebody else. And um and it had a name like Sally. They changed it to Fran, which is which is hilarious. <laughs> and it's like, dude, he's they're never like the same. Yeah, they're not the same at all. And it's like Sally, Sally Fran, versus but Fran. They're both like she's yeah. saying like they're the same. Like they both suck. Oh yes, but I'm saying <laughs> they're like, both like uh, old our gra- women. Yeah, old women like our grandmas. <laughs> yeah, are named but if that. you're a dog and you've spent in dog years, ninety years going by Sally, you're not coming yeah. to Fran. <laughs> okay, let's stop right there for a second. Our dog years are real thing. I don't know, but it, I you think just it, said that like it was just such a real thing. It, they're they're you know what they are? They're the breakdown of like oh this is how long they would live. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. The point being, <laughs> hey, he could do that. He could change the name because he's the owner of it. The owner gets to the purchaser and the maker. God is all three of those things in our life. He made you, he owns everything, and he purchased you on the cross with his life. So the labels he gives you are forgiven, holy, pure, chosen, lovely, a masterpiece. Um, You are the poetry of God, Ephesians Mm. 2 says. Mm. He uses the word poema. You're in Christ. He has made you his masterpiece, his poetry of God. Wow. And and all of those are labels that are... um, that should define you and we fight insecurity by remembering and thinking those things. Labels that are lies are, I am what I make, I am what people think about me, I am what I look, or I am how I look, I am my job, I am my past. All of us wear labels that are lies and um, and I think as a Christian, it's learning to your point to let those be, to let what God says be louder, mm-hmm. let his labels be louder in our own life. Yeah. And, really and the other good. ones, as we do that, become quieter. That's I think, really good. I think what helps me is it's like, well, then why, why can't I ever get rid of insecurities? Well, because on this earth, we're never going to be rid of our enemy. Yeah. And he's the, he's the labeler of yeah. all things lies. And so it's not about trying to like, I want to have only positive vibes, positive thinking, yeah. good energy. Cause that's just never going to, it's so sad when people chase that life. They're like anti-negativity, anti this. And it's like, Hey, that's like saying I'm going to cut off like Satan is no more. And I have the power to do that. Yeah. That's crazy. And that, and that some of those emotions that we label negative are actually necessary indicators that something's going on. Right. And so I, I think too, it's learning which voice to give dominance. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, like defining your life. Yeah. And so how do you, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think one of the things that we try to do, I'm trying to think how to put this, 
is like we we go around and when we experience insecurity, we um, we try insecurity about you know where we work or how we look. We then double down and we're like, man, that person said I have big cheeks, so I'm gonna basically become anorexic and work out every single day for the rest of my life, and I'm gonna prove them, and I'm not gonna be that. <laughs> and um, and we try to then find our security and the opposite of what was making us insecurity, or we try to find our confidence in that. Yeah. And anything that is temporary that makes you confidence will lead to temporary confidence. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like yep. if your confidence comes from anything, and I think that's the the reason why it. it we um, so often get stuck or we live lives that are just riddled by insecurity is we look to put our confidence or we look for confidence from things that are temporary and confidence from things that are temporary will be temporary. If you're confident because of how you look, that will be temporary. If you're confident because of how much you make, that will be temporary. When a, you know, a national or a global pandemic hits and everyone and you're put out of work, if you're confident from dating relationships, or you find that from that person and you're not in a dating relationships, you're always gonna be insecure. If your confidence is in how many followers you have on Instagram or on social media, you'll always be insecure because there's always somebody who's gonna have more. Mm-hmm. Confidence in anything temporary will always be temporary. But if you can learn, I guess what I'm saying is the goal is not to be more self-confident. The goal is to find your confidence in what God says about you or to be God confident in what he says about mm-hmm. you because that's not gonna be temporary. And, um, and if you look for it, and just trying to make little tweaks in your own life or addressing your insecurity by overcompensating, you're still gonna be insecure. It's, it's not gonna go away. But if we can learn, because confidence is not a bad thing. Uh, people will associate that and they're like, oh, he's just really confident. It's not wrong to be confident. It's, it can be, but it's all about what has you confident. Mm-hmm. That's really good. And how do you think you can diagnose what things that we may be overly confident in or what things that we might be placing too much stock in that are making us insecure? I think when they're threatened, mm-hmm. we see what we're insecure about. Mm-hmm. I think when we are, we experience threatening of, you know, I can't, um, you know, how we yeah. look or how, you know, our, our job or any of that stuff. When something is threatened, it really exposes, oh man, I'm insecure about that. Yeah. That's and really- um, so that's at least one way. I don't know if another one comes to y'all, comes to mind in y'all's mind. That's good. I- how would you say then moving forward, someone's like, okay, I really don't want to give insecurity such a voice in my life. Like, what does that look like practically? What does it look like for you? Um, is there a time in your life where like an insecure moment can pop up? Like what, what are the steps you take to not let that have control over you to trust what God says about you? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I think you got to know, one, you got to know what God says. You got to study and you got to read God's word. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, when Romans 12 talks about renewing your mind, that process happens by studying scripture and embracing it and knowing what it says, who it says I am, how I'm to live. I think there's a confidence that comes through obedience. Mm-hmm. And um, as That's we right. are obedient to uh, think about dating, um, I, there's a confidence you're going to have when you save sex for marriage in your dating relationship you're going to have more confidence that this relationship may be God's will for me. If you don't, you're going to be insecure. Yeah. If you are saying, hey, I'm, as I relate to my job, I'm going to choose not how the world thinks, but I'm going to choose to, uh, if God says, if I feel like I should take a job, even though it's a pay cut, but I feel like I'll be more able to, to serve uh, the body, uh, to serve at my church, to be more plugged in, 
I'm going to do that. And as you walk in that obedience, you're more confident. This is what God has for me in life. So I'm talking more abstractly about bigger picture things. Mm -hmm. I think as, as it relates to personal insecurity over like how I look, I think you just, you have to surrender to the Lord. This is who you made me. God, I'm believing lies about the way that I look, about the number on a scale, about the, um, you know, job that I have, will you help me? And I can see it as a lie, which happens by knowing God's word and comparing it. Like, I, I think I'm buying a lie about how I made. And I think you can confess that to God, to other people and um, begin to embrace, this is who you said that I am. I don't think it's an overnight thing. For sure. I think what's hard about that though, is that I think we hear like, Hey, that's just a lie. Like you're beautiful. And it's like, well, everyone's telling me that I'm not. So how do I just say, okay, I'm just going to ignore that. It's a lie. Or if it's like, Hey, what if there's some truth to, Hey, I might not be physically beautiful to that person yeah. or to a lot of people and still finding my security in God. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think uh, the spectrum of even that example is hard because there could be somebody who it's like, Hey, at, your body's not your own. Yeah. You're bought with the price. Therefore glorify God with your body. Steward the body that you have. It's on loan. And and maybe you do need to go on a diet. And yeah. You do. And I think most people listening to this, you don't, and you don't need to read it into that. And especially people who are like, oh, I'm already insecure about that. So I'm not trying to say that, oh no, you are um unhealthy obese levels and you should just reject that lie. You're beautiful just the way you are. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying obedience for you would look like I got to steward the body God gave me. I got one life to live. I want to be healthy. I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going to stop. Man, I'm talking to you, JD. I'm going to stop. <laughs> um, you know, I want to be healthy. And at the same time, I'm not going to find my identity in the number on a scale. Yeah. Like too many people, they have a good day or a bad day based on what that number is. That's insane. And that's yeah. a terrible way to live. How long are you going to let, uh, you know, insecurity run your life versus yeah. being confident in who God made you? And I'm going to take decisions to get healthy and be fit, but I, I'm not going to be owned by my standard of success or even the world's standard of success for me. But what God wow. says is a standard of success. Wow. That's really good. I almost have heard you say basically two different reactions. There's a, like a proactive way to fight insecurity, which is feeling like becoming secure in Christ, being obedient. And that is going to naturally breed security. And then a reactive, um, like, Hey, when I feel insecure, I'm going to step back and think about, hey, what's making me feel that way right now? Yeah. And, and then I can fight that. Yeah. The truth. Totally. That's good. I love it. That's all I got. Me too. One awesome. Yeah. One last thing that uh, someone said that was really helpful is that God is in control of what people think about you. Mm, I think Solomon said that. Proverbs 22, 1, 21, 1. 21, 1, the, king, the uh, yeah. king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. Another good scripture for this is 1 Corinthians 4, where Paul is basically like, hey, I don't care what you think about me. I don't even care what I think about me. It's like what you were saying, David. I'm not the one who gets to decide because I'm not the one who made me. Boom. Mm. Come on. Relinquish it all. Relinquish Give it over. Oh, hey, I think we should give away an Awaken or a Mertz thing. All right. We did it. We did it last. We gave it to someone from Canada. Hey, if you are listening and you will, you give a review on mm -hmm. iTunes, it'd be any review you want. Uh, do a, a rating, a review, and then send us an Instagram uh, DM. Screenshot. A of screenshot your, yeah. of your review. Yep. We're going to give away another Awaken ticket and whatever Porch Merch item you want. And um, I think that's it. If any other? No, that's it. As always, email us at info at porch.live with any questions or follow-up. We'll see you next week on another episode of Views from the Porch. We 
want to thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about The Porch Ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch.